So happy Mother's Day. It's a special day today. Um, so Sister Fang asked me to, uh, to preach on this very complex topic. So my hope that when we are done with COVID um, and um, we're worshiping remotely, that we would see God's hands and Him orchestrating everything that's happening around us because His plan is always better than ours right so um in case we need a reminder we all have mothers uh at one point in time they have all influenced us in many different ways for some it's a lot and then for some it's a little so i pray that today you will be reminded on how special you are seeing the grace of god and bring the glory back to god so let's begin 
So as as you guys know, every time I preach, I always have the non-negotiables that we talk about. And uh, the non-negotiables are here right on the screen. And um, the first is God is sovereign. He is holy. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And he's everywhere. The second is man has fallen. That's us. We are rooted in sin. We are in the flesh. And the Bible calls that uh, calls us dead, spiritually dead. So um, both... First, the first two bullet points are, are bad news, right? Because it, it shows that our condition in the backdrop of a holy God and sinless God. So the good news is we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone. And man exists for the glory of God alone. And believers, Christians, submit to the authority of scripture alone, right? So let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, the great I am, your servant is here. Thank you for being the God who stays. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for not forsaking us. Humble us with your word. Prepare our hearts and mind. Allow us to hear and allow us to see. Holy Spirit, illumine the word that we may understand. Teach us what we don't know. Give us what we don't have. And make us what we are not. In Christ's name, amen. All right, so if we look at the world's definition of mother, I googled Miriam Webster's definition in Wikipedia. And what we see here are, um, let me read it. Mother is a term addressed for a female parent or a woman having or regarded as having status, function, or authority of a female parent. And according to Wikipedia, mothers are women who inhabit or perform the role of, being, of bearing some relation to their children who may or may not be their biological offspring. Thus, dependent on the context, women can be considered mothers by virtue of having given birth, by raising their children, supplying their ovum for fertilization, or some combination thereof. So if we look at the, the world's definition of mother, it, it, it truly is very scientific, um, actually clinical and cold. So it doesn't really justify the full measure of the role of a woman, a mother, a wife. So um, when the world cannot define what we know very well let's run to god's word and see what he has to say about this noble role so i sprinkle some obvious errors to make sure that you guys are paying attention during the zoom process so find the errors and put your name in the chat session section and you will get a special prize from me all right so let's move on so proverbs 31 so i'm going to start reading this a wife of noble character who can find she's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with her eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up before noon, 
she's provided food by her family by her family and portions for her female servants so a couple of things we can draw from uh, the, these couple of passages is that um, women are mothers are worth far more than rupees far more than jewels right it's not a little more it's not um, but it, it's the Bible says that they're worth far more so it's basically saying that the character is priceless uh, she respects her husband she consistently provides value goodness and lack nothing right so indication here is that she's good inside and her goodness comes naturally uh, and, and this is a tough one because we're by nature we're rebellious we like to argue um, and um, just just apply this to your household today I mean between you and your husband between um, within the marriage who makes the majority of the decisions do you snap at your husband uh, who has the final say and I know sometimes men like us <laughs> it's hard to respect but it's something that we must do it's something that you must do in the Bible uh, and in return and men you don't you just don't get away with this but in return we need to have full confidence in our wives right not partial but full confidence and then husbands must love them in return we can also see here that she consistently works with her hands and provides the best and the the error that I put here that she gets up before noon which is actually wrong she gets up while it's still at night so while it's still dark she already she's already up she consistently wakes up first to prepare for the family and others so the key point here on everything that we read so far is that the character is very noble and honorable all right let's move to the second set of verses she considers a field and buys it out of her earnings she plants a vineyard she sets about her work vigorously her arms are strong for her tasks she sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the staff and grasps the spindles with her fingers. She closes her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear. For her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. So, I mean, if you... If you think that the, the working mom is a modern concept, this actually proves that it's not. So a working mom, you, you can see this in the Old Testament in the ancient times, right? So um, it's something that it's not new. So we've adapted, adopted it for a long time. So if you're a working mom, don't feel guilty, right? But one thing that we can see here that she's, she smartly invests for the future she's not an impulse buyer she looks for a return on investment in everything that she does she prepares um, constantly so this is something that you should consider during Bible studies a lot of us don't really prepare right we we wing it we we host a Bible study and we don't even read the verses so I mean th this goes for both husbands and wives right so when you lead a Bible study prepare because this woman 
clearly prepares. She works tirelessly. She uses her hands. Um, and, and the error that I put here is that she closes her arms, which is absolutely wrong. Uh, the Bible said that she opens her arms. And open arms is a sign of generosity. She physically helps. She just doesn't verbally help. But she actually gets her hands dirty and physically helps and generously gives. Uh, and she's focused on her goal, right? And um, during times of snow, where you can't really, in the ancient times, you can't really do farming. It's hard to do um, commerce when it's snowing. But she do it doesn't bother her because she's secure in her future while still providing the best. So the summary of all these verses is that her, her work ethic, it's impeccable, right? I mean, this, this goes above and beyond what nor normal people do nowadays. Okay, move forward. Uh, verses 20 22 to 25. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies them with the merchants and sashes. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She's worried, she's worried at the days to come. So um, what can we get from these verses uh, from 22 to 25 is that she takes care of herself. She wears fine linen. She's dignified. She's prepared. She acts accordingly. So she sets an example for people to follow. Uh, she sets an example for us, right? Not only for men, but for, uh, for women, but for men as well. She makes quality products and sells them. Uh, she, she can balance work with her family responsibilities. And the key word there is balance, right? Some of us um, work very hard and can be very successful in the workplace, but we, we tend to sacrifice our families and our duties when that happens, right? And it could be the other way around, that oh, we're awesome in the house, but at the workplace, we're not, we're not very good, right? But she can balance, and that's a key thing here is balance. And then um, as I was reading it, she's worried at days to come on verse 25. I'll, I already know that's clearly wrong because the Bible said that she laughs. She's not worried at all about the future. So, um, and the reason why she's not worried is because she has complete submission to God's will, right? So for us nowadays, we're worried about COVID, we're worried about all these things that are happening and unrest, but at the end of the day, for Christians, we need to just trust God. Be still and know that He is God. Okay, we're getting to the tail end here. Um, so verse 26 to 31. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 28. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also and he praises her. 29. Many women do noble things but use her past them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. 
Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So again, goes back to character. She does not gossip. She does not instigate. She's gentle. She cares and runs the home. She's very much appreciated by her children and her husband. And she goes above and beyond all the time. Never mediocre, never compromises. And the best part here is that she reveres. She fears the Lord. So in a nutshell, she's Wonder Woman, right? Because <laughs> she does everything. Um, but when we read God's word, when we study the Bible, we always need to pause and see how that applies to us. So let's do a selfie check. I mean, women, I know you guys do selfies. Some of you are public, some of you are private, but at the end of the day, we all do selfies, right? Um, so as Christians, we submit to the authority of the Bible alone. I mean, that's we, I mentioned that on the non-negotiables. So these stories that we're reading, they're not only here for historical references or make us feel good, but it's it, the purpose of God's word is primarily for us to know him because he's revealing himself in his word. So this way we can understand his expectations. We can hear his encouragement, his guidance, and his tool to reflect upon. So what we can see here is that the, the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31 is honorable. She's prudent, frugal, smart, observant, diligent, eager, punctual, hardworking, generous, giving, charitable, God-fearing, and very prayerful. So I'm pretty sure if you were to weave your own stories into this, there are moments where you are honorable, prudent, diligent, generous, and God-fearing, right? But the question is to moms, to women, is are you consistently doing this? Are you honorable, prudent, diligent, generous, God-fearing 100% of the time? And I'm not saying 99.9% of the time or not 99.5. I'm asking 100% of the time. Not asking for above and beyond. <laughs> right? I'm just 100%. So I think if we were to be honest and fully transparent, right, and grade ourselves, we're not 100%. The fact is you are imperfect. The fact is, you didn't hit the bar. You fall short. And men, I mean, we're as guilty here, right? We don't hit the bar either, right? Um, we are incapable. We are corrupt. And again, like what I said on the non-negotiable, we are spiritually dead. So let's see what the Bible says. Let's see if that is enforced by the Bible. So in Ephesians 2.1, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You are children of wrath. What? Children of wrath? I thought I was a child of God, right? That's what the song said uh, that we were playing prior to this. But no, the Bible says you are children of wrath. In Romans 3.10, 
it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Not even a single one, Lord? That's what the Bible says. Uh, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. No one's excluded from this. All of us fall short. Saint Paul fell short. Apostle Peter fell short. Mary fell short. The Pope fell short. The pastors fell short. It says here, according to God's word, all of us have fallen short. And then let's go to the Old Testament, Genesis 8.21. Even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. So even as a kid, we fell short. And nowadays, we're like, Lord, um, they're just kids, right? You, you got to be gracious to them, right? They don't know any better. But no, the Bible says that even as a child, we already have evil in our hearts. And in Psalm 14, 1 to 3, again, this is where um, Paul draw his Romans um, verses. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. All right. So I think you're thoroughly depressed by now. But what kind of Mother's Day preaching is this? <laughs> right? I mean... First of all, you are giving me an example, a perfect example that I'm going to strive for, that I'm going to follow, and, and maybe I'm not 100%. Um, but now you're even bringing me down as saying that I'm imperfect, I'm, I fall short, I'm incapable, I'm corrupt, and I'm spiritually dead. So here's the good news. But God. Right? This is where... This is where the story turns around. So when you read the Bible, um, you will hear stories where there's something going on, it's chaotic, and then uh, things are not going the Israelites' way, and then, but God comes in. It's one of the best phrases in the Bible, right? Because what you're about to read after that is God's movement. So it frames his intervention, his good news, because all the glory goes to him, right? And that's why we say, soli dia gloria, for the glory of God alone. So here's, a, here's an example of it, right? So in Ephesians 2.45, it says, But because of his great love for us, God. I'll just stop there. Because it's game over after that. Because when God enters the picture... It's going to be magnificent. So, but I'll continue on. <laughs> but because of his great love, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead. It is by grace you have been saved. So God is the one who moves. He's the one who's rich in mercy. He's the one who made us alive. It wasn't Pastor Ken who made you alive. It wasn't Pastor Chris. It wasn't the Pope. 
It wasn't St. Peter. It wasn't Paul who made you alive. It was God. And he did that while we were dead. So he's the one who moved. He's the one who breathed life into our dead souls, right? Because we were dead. We cannot respond until God moves. Okay, so let's let's um, so let's see what God says in the Bible, right? So you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. He chose you. Just John fifteen sixteen, Ephesians one four five. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. He predestined us for the adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance to his pleasure and will. He adopted us. We were orphans. Remember, we were children of wrath, right? But he adopted us. Galatians 4, 7. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are God, you are his child. God has made you also an heir. Wow. And in John 8, 36, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Exodus 19, 5, now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And in Romans 6, 22, but now you have been set free, free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit of holiness, and the end, everlasting life. And then the most famous one, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes, whoever, okay? That's a qualifier, so never miss that qualifier. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So if we were to summarize all these verses, right after but god we can see that you are chosen you are adored you are known you're free forgiven wanted your child of the king you're his forever you're held in treasure and you're loved so that's what happens after God moves, right? So never forget those, 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 those adjectives or those characteristics on how God sees you. You're chosen, adored, known, free, forgiven, wanted, child of the king, his forever held in treasure and loved. So, um... I'm going to leave you with a story. So we're, we're at the very end, uh, end of my last slide here. So I know that it's tough being a mother, right? I, I, I can't even imagine how hard it is. Um, and it's easy to get discouraged. It's not easy to surrender control. So I will leave you with a quick story. So um, a father and his daughter took their usual walk. They enjoyed their stroll so much and then it ended up going further than usual. Um, the roads have changed, the structures have changed, the smell has changed, the sounds have changed, the people have changed. 
So father asked if she knows where she is. She replied, no, daddy. Father then asked if she still knows how to go home, how to get home. And then she replied, no, daddy. Father finally asked if she is afraid. And she replied, no, daddy. Father said, wow, you are a brave little girl. She said, no, daddy. I don't need to be brave because I'm with you. So what, what you see there is that that's complete trust in her father. She's not worried about all these changes. She's not worried about the different surroundings. She's not worried about COVID-19 because she doesn't have to be because she knows that her father got it under control. So my encouragement to all the mothers here today when you fall short, future is unknown, things are unfamiliar, everything is beyond your control. You don't have to be afraid because your father, our father is in control. So the Bible says, be still and know that he is God. He is the one holding on to you. He is a God who stays and he will never, he will not turn his back on you. So let's pray. Father, thank you for calling us chosen, free, forgiven, wanted, your child, yours forever, held in treasure, loved. This is a reminder that, reminder that we never get tired of hearing, so thank you. If anyone here doesn't have this personal relationship with you, we pray that you would call them, you would change them, and save them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to close with this, this final song here. Um, hopefully it encourages you. And then if you have any questions, just, just let us know. Thank you. Today in a conversation in the mirror, face to face with somebody less than perfect. I wouldn't choose me first if I was looking for a champion. In fact, I'd understand if you picked everyone before me. But that's just not my story. Thank you.